WGT Golf is the official gaming partner of DNVR, and they are the most popular golf game in the world. It has become so popular that we had to open a third DNVR clubhouse. Each of those clubhouses holds 250 people, so stop missing out. Join in on the fun and download WGT and join the DNVR 3 clubhouse by going to DNVRgolf.com. Dot com. We have tournaments with the DMVR community every weekend. One starts tonight at 8 p.m., so don't forget to go to dmvrgolf.com to download that today. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy. Gracious me. Take the luck you won't see it for long. Jurod O'Brien, Trevor Story. Lock, and so touchdown. Number two for Sutton. Got it. Oh, man. That's from way downtown. And the blue arrow is flying at Pepsi Center. Score! It's too good to be true. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast, presented by the one and only Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer at DNVR. I'm your host, Allie Monroy, and with me today, I've got AJ Hafley, Brendan Vogt, Drew Creaseman, and RK. It's been a jam-packed day for Denver sports, starting with the Broncos training camp this morning, then the Nuggets final game before playoffs at 11.30 a.m., then the Avs at noon. Now we still got the Rockies at 6.40 p.m., but we've got to start off with the Colorado Avalanche, who just beat the Arizona Coyotes 3-2, giving them a 2-0. You distracted me with your golf takes, Ryan. 3-2. They beat the Arizona Coyotes 3-2 to give them a 2-0 series lead in the first round of the playoffs. So exciting. How was the DMVR bar, Ryan? It was amazing. Uh, the the Avs, you know, go and just play a terrible game and come out on top. But I guess that's what happens when you play a team that went 33 and 37 <laughs> and 8 in the regular season. That probably didn't have any business being on, uh, on the playoff ice with the Avs in the first place. So it was awesome. Uh, the only sad part is that Andre had three bets uh, that all could have hit if Kale McCarr made that full ice oh, uh, empty netter that missed by like uh, a quarter inch. Uh, he he would have had the over in the hockey game, the abs minus one and a half, and Nathan McKinnon to get two points or more. Uh, all that was that was the Andre was like screaming bloody murder after that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone of in the course. bar was very confused why he was so sad about that but uh so that was the one downside other than that it was a, a fantastic atmosphere here at the dmvr bar i gotta say that's the hardest part about betting is when something like that happens the abs won but yet like dre's like screaming upset that was ryan <laughs> the other night with uh the rockies winning the game but allowing what was it no. the diamondbacks to score 
five oh, runs in the ninth inning. Yeah, was that it? was garbage. <laughs> Why would you bring up something like that in front of me? <laughs> Ryan was mad for the rest of the night, even though the Rockies won. It's so such a weird dynamic um, when you're betting on your favorite teams. Um, but like you mentioned, RK, we talked about it a lot on the Avs post-game show, AJ, you guys said that it was a sloppy game for a lot of guys, but a win is a win, but it was sloppy. Yep. True. <laughs> well said. Would you like to elaborate? <laughs> Just taking taking my own words and giving them back to me was well said. I'm, I'm with you. It was on a different podcast, so I'm, I'm asking I'm with you, you being with me. <laughs> it was uh it was it wasn't a great game um they really didn't play very well it was probably a c-level game from them easily the worst game that they've played in the bubble and they still won a playoff game um which tells you a lot about arizona and a lot about colorado and a whole lot about why everybody else should be real nervous about these guys this is i mean they're you're seeing Vegas is struggling a little bit with Chicago because they've got a whole bunch of guys that have won Stanley Cups that are turning back the clock a little bit, uh, but they're still they're still scraping by and they're up they're up two nothing in their series. Colorado's up two nothing in their series. I mean, there are two really good teams out west, and then there's everybody else. So, does, the, does process matter, AJ? Like I'm thinking, if you're the Nuggets, people would say, okay, you won that those first two games, but you didn't look very good. How do we project that into future rounds? I mean, if you're the Avs, you're this talented, are you just looking to get through the round, or do do they need to see themselves kind of firing on all cylinders? Well, I mean, they smoked them in game one. Right. Uh, game one was about as big of a statistical beatdown as you're going to get outside of it taking them all, right. until the yeah. third period to start scoring goals. Uh, it's just that they all happened in 90 seconds. And then, <laughs> you know, with today, it was – it was a little bit more of a, a grinded out process where, hey, you have to in nobody nobody ever plays their best game every day. And this was the best Arizona had to give. And in knowing that uh, you're probably not gonna see it again tomorrow, and you'll probably see something better from Colorado. So it's you're already feeling like the Avs are walking in with every advantage into game three tomorrow afternoon. Do you think the Avs kind of like got their back-to-back game out today almost like they got away with you know low energy and they're going to actually come back and play a little faster tomorrow um i i definitely don't think it was a low energy game i think it was i think they played a poor defensive game but i thought they were pretty good offensively they created a lot of quality chances pretty much throughout the game um a couple a couple of things you know mckinnon lifts a puck over kemper's pad on that crazy one-man army show that he put on, Val Nachushkin, you know, actually uses his hockey stick to hit a puck and doesn't have hands of stone. You know, there's there's a couple of things here and there that you change throughout, and Colorado has four or five goals, and you know they offensively, I don't think they need to change much. Uh, Arizona still hasn't proven the ability to 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 stop them from doing mostly whatever the hell they want offensively. Defensively, though, uh, Arizona definitely took them to the woodshed a little bit today, uh, pulled them apart, and and really ripped that structure that they had in game one into little pieces. Uh, Colorado's puck management was bad. Uh, way too many unforced errors, though. They made life way too easy for Arizona today. Uh, they, can't, they can't do that tomorrow. They can't do that in game four, game five, whatever. Um, however long the series goes, they have to manage the puck better. 
And if they just accomplish that one single goal, everything else falls into line, and this is probably over on Monday. Right, and that's kind. Of, that was kind of my question is like, almost like this was a little bit of a wake-up call for them in that regard. And while you might expect that on the second half of a back-to-back, do you think that maybe they, they're a bit more sharp with the puck tomorrow in the defensive side? Uh, I'm worried. I mean, if, if I'm Arizona, I'm real nervous just that Nathan McKinnon is looking the way that he is. Uh, because when a superstar has it turned up to a hundred like that, and they couldn't do they couldn't do anything about him, they 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 were all patting themselves on the back. Oh yeah, the zero shots on goal. Ah! <laughs> and then game two, he comes out and three minutes in scores a goal and was like, "How you feeling now?" <laughs> you know, like he just there's like Nathan Nathan McKinnon is locked in. He's the best player left in the league uh, that's still left playing. He's probably on the best team out West and he's pissed and driven. And he, the guy, the guy's an obsessive maniac when it comes to winning right now. That's all he thinks about. It's all he cares about. It's all he's after. Um, I just think that 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 alone should scare the bejesus out of Arizona because as much as, as much as Taylor Hall is really good and Phil Kessel's really good. Those guys just aren't quite on the same plane of existence as Nathan McKinnon. AJ, on social media, it seems like people are most worried about Miko and about Sam Girard. How do you, what do you think of their performances so far? Um, they've been kind of up and down, pretty uneven. Uh, I thought both were pretty bad today. And that should scare Arizona too. Yeah. That two of Colorado's better young players aren't even playing well. And this is, they're just, they're just humming, right. They're humming right along. It's two, nothing in the series. What is, what is Arizona's game plan at this point? What do you, what do you try and do? Okay. You had, you had Nathan McKinnon with zero shots on goal. He got two assists. You lost. Now Nathan McKinnon scores a goal and the top line is kind of, kind of blah. You lost. What do you do? Honestly, like, what do you do? Like, Miko Rantanen misses an open net uh, that would have sealed it uh, in the final minute. Didn't matter. Still lost. Arizona's catching breaks left and right with guys with the abs just not not being very good here and there. And Sam Gerrard having having struggles moving the puck. Like they they've caught some breaks. You know, they had a they had a bad break on the on the game winning goal. But other than that, a lot of the breaks in this game went went Arizona's way. Mm-hmm. And it's do nothing in the series. What I mean, what is what do you do if you're if you're looking at this from their perspective? Tactically, there's nothing. There's no adjustment to make. There's nothing that they can realistically do. You can't go out and add more talented players at this point. You just right. have to. You just have to hope that Colorado Stars continue to underwhelm. If Miko Rantanen wakes up, not only is this series ending on Monday, but it's ending in an embarrassing way on Monday. Yeah, the the one what you you keep asking, what do you do? Uh, you book tickets to Cabo and make some tea times. <laughs> Cabo one three. Yeah, I mean, is Cabo letting people from the United States in? Because Good these point, dudes AJ. might just be straight <laughs> stuck. <laughs> Their season's gonna end, and they're gonna have to hang out in Edmonton because it's the safest place for them to be. It's not a terrible place to be. I was gonna say, no. It's Four Edmonton. King- Forking of the game, AJ, you guys chose Nathan McKinnon, but you also said you um, would consider giving it to Groob. How do you think he's played? He's been great. 
you know, there there were some questions. Uh, Pavel Francouz has two appearances in the bubble. He hadn't given up a goal yet. It's probably why he'll play tomorrow. And there were some questions about Grubauer getting game one. Um, he has a 14-save shutout. Probably the easiest shutout of his life, yeah. to be honest with you. But he did it, and then today he was really, really good. When they, they absolutely needed him to, to step it up another level, he did. It's 2 nothing in the series. You really, I mean, Grubauer's done everything. He, I think he has a 933 save percentage since getting to the bubble. Like, That'll work. She's not going <laughs> to complain about that. If he has that over a regular season, the guy wins the Vesna. So, yeah. if you're gonna try and if you're gonna try and poke holes and and pick apart Philip Grubauer, you're wasting your time. So you uh, do think Frankie will start in net tomorrow? I would. Yeah, you have full trust in Frankie. You're up to if if this was a one-one series, maybe not. But you have the advantage of having essentially two number ones or goalies that you feel are, are two number one caliber. You go with that guy tomorrow, and you let you let Arizona run Darcy Kemper into the ground. Have at yeah. it. Good luck, dudes. What do you think about me calling uh, this the hot goalie summer? <laughs> I'm for it. For what? Have it, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. I, I'm, I think I'm cool with that. <laughs> I mean, you've got Jonas Corposalo doing something out east that we've never seen before, so I'm good with that. All right. I was, if AJ's down with it, you know it's good. <laughs> hot goalie summer. Is that another shirt we gotta gotta make? Yeah. No, it, no, definitely not. No, we have to prioritize the denim daddy first. No. Oh. It's a tweet. I it's a tweet RK can send though for sure. I <laughs> don't want a shirt. It's definitely that says daddy's on it. See, it, it it's definitely a tweet that he can send that hasn't already been sent by four hundred hockey writers. Has it like been like the oh, yeah. like the like the shoot tweet that he was super proud of the other day? Oh, is that had, had already been done by every guy who'd ever covered a hockey Aww. game. Big hit and so it was just though. like RK is being called out. That was in like, as unoriginal. That was in like game one of the bubble. How does yeah. how was it already done? Because the the <laughs> bubble had already been in place for four days, and everybody had long been there, bud. <laughs> My problem is not not that uh, I stole it. My problem is I don't follow enough national hockey writers. Yeah, which honestly, this that's probably why best. you're a healthy human being. <laughs> it's why uh, you're a well balanced individual. Vote. I think the hot goalie summer shirt should be a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, you already know 100%. I'm wearing it. That's <laughs> just a matter of time. Oh, goodness. It's just grew a bunch of grew like standing on his head with flowers around him. I, I need a third thumb, man. I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On uh Ryan, you talked about Andre's bets a little bit. Uh, but what about your bets? Did you bet on the abs at all? I had abs in regulation and I had uh coyotes under two and a half goals. Beautiful. If you can hear that in the background, it's the uh, cash register opening. Beautiful. <laughs> so did all of Andre's uh, bets? What's what's the word? not hit? What's lose? the opposite? lose? There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was as simple as that. It's, it's not really possible to keep up with all of Andre's bets. He <laughs> <laughs> may have a. <laughs> oh God! Look at this hot goalie summer Hawaiian shirt. Pair that oh, with no. some DNVR shorts. Yes. Sounds like a great look. I'll wear that so fast. <laughs> no. That sounds amazing. Oh goodness! All right. Well. You can join in on the fun with betting by checking out DraftKings Sportsbook, Americans, America's top-rated sportsbook app. They've got some great boosts and deals on Nuggets and Avs and Rockies, but this weekend they're offering new users the opportunity to bet $1 and
and win $252 when placing a bet on the big fight. UFC 252 has two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the octagon this weekend. Rai, who you got this weekend? Uh, Cormier. Cormier. I'm taking Cormier. Uh, um, also, real quick, if someone out there uh, wants to, you know, make themselves useful right now, take the Denver Nuggets <laughs> jeans video and turn mm. that into the DNVR jorts video. Oh, my God. He's got no. the DNVR jorts on. Don't <laughs> make yourself useful. Look at the drip. Don't a, do that, That's a real please. stretch of the word useful, but I... <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday yeah. at 5, you know what I'm saying? Like... You, this is a, a good use of your time right now. <laughs> okay. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and check out all that they have to offer, including fighter props, round-by-round -round betting, and so much more. Like I mentioned, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DMVR when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can bet that $1 to win $252 on this weekend's main event. Don't forget to use the code DNVR. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Ryan leaves after telling people to be make themselves useful. Really? Yeah, not a great look for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, peace, I'm done. Do something useful. I'm out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brendan, I almost called you Harrison. That's how my Friday's right. going. Would have been and... an upgrade for me. So <laughs> I'll take it. Take it, yeah. A little glow up? Yeah. I'm down to be win for the day. Nuggets just finished their final game of the bubble regular season eight mm. game thing regular i don't know um the denver is taking i don't know that one uh, no that whole uh, sentence the <laughs> eight game bubble thing i don't know hang the banner baby denver <laughs> right. will be taking on the utah jazz in the first round of the playoffs starting on monday brendan how do you feel about this matchup obviously this is what michael malone and the nuggets wanted and were hoping for and playing for I feel great. Uh, so you guys remember in January, the uh, the seven, that that's what we've coined this game. The Nuggets were shorthanded. They were on their fourth back-to-back -back in like 30 days. It was Jokic and six other active players. One of them was named Vlako Chanchar, and three of them were former G League or 2A guys. So he went into Utah and dropped 30, 20, and 10 on the best positional defender's head. Um then we get to that seeding game. Gobert comes out, and he's straight up wrecking Jokic in the first half. Is this a problem? Does Gobert have his number? No. Turns out Jokic just didn't care at all. Uh, turns it on in the <laughs> second half and buries him. And at the end of the day, I think the Nuggets have three of the top five most talented players in this series, with Jokic being a far and away one. Um, Jokic being so good and, and such a tough matchup for Gobert, I think kind of mitigates that Gobert impact. Um and more to the point, Utah just does not have enough scorers. They're down Bogdanovich, mm. so they're going to be looking to Mitchell to score a lot. We were debating on the show, like, do you throw Torrey Craig out there to slow him down? And my thought was, look, man, Mitchell can get 35 all night. Where are the other 70 points coming from? And, and so Utah's going to take a lot of threes. Um, and look, even in that last seeding game, they hit most of them, and they still didn't win. So unless there's an unprecedented shooting performance, knock on all the wood, um, I, I mean, I think it's Denver in, f in five. I really do. Wow. Um, I, I'm more confident than most in this matchup. Denver in four is plus 700. I'm just saying. Dude, why not? I say why not. <laughs> I, I'm seriously. 
And, and, you know, the Nuggets are in a weird place coming out of this bubble because a lot of people are saying, well, they lost so many games and the mm-hmm. defense didn't look good. And I mean, guys, they were down starters. They were playing bowl bowl. They weren't trying to win. I mean, when, when the starters were out there together trying, they looked really crisp. And more importantly, we learned what we now know about Michael Porter Jr., which is he is ready. And that's just far more important than any seed or any other other lesson. So on one hand, defense looks terrible. Will Barton's out. Gary Harris is out for the foreseeable future. On the other, you still think this team's ceiling is higher than it was at the start of the season because they've got a, a threat in MPJ, I think, that can just sort of change their projection in the postseason. So you think we won't see Will or Gary in the first round? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say definitively. Certainly not a report, but... I mean, you have to keep in mind that these guys have been straight up out on their injury yeah. report. Uh, Gary the whole way since practice one, um, Barton since scrimmage one, where he tried to give it a go, looked awful, and we haven't seen him since. So not questionable, not day-to-day, out. And, and, and if you want to read into Malone's comments, not just the words but the tone in his voice, does not sound like he's expecting them back. Yeah, That's a, bi- that's a big blow. Um, and just such, such a disappointment because those two guys are the longest tenured Nuggets and the guys I think diehards really wanted to see bounce back here. And and I think you also have to keep in mind, like, those guys haven't played with this team in, what, four yes. months now? Yeah. Uh, and so how are you going to, uh, you know, just throw them it's into true. the mix right. on a team that's kind of found themselves in a new way? And, you know, Michael Porter Jr. and his role on this team, like, if you were to just take out Michael Porter Jr. and throw in one of those two guys into the lineup, like, you're you're, you're making a massive risk. At throwing I, off what they've ju- all the goodwill they've just built with each other. I take it even further than that, RK. It's not just the starting lineup. I mean, if these guys are less than ninety percent, I think you just play PJ Dozier at this point off the bench. Um, you know, we know what those guys can do. We certainly don't know that they can bring that right now. The chemistry is an issue, but also like even if they do come back, they're hurting. And Will Barton, I think you have to admire that he was willing to come back. Um... Is that you, RK? DNVR bar on Colfax, baby. Um, it's not me, but uh, uh, okay. that was yep. that was the the ambulance coming to pick up uh, the Arizona Coyotes after Nathan McKinnon got done with them. Yeah, so so rough. Uh, Barton gutted it out last postseason, but he was terrible. So I think you know RK makes a good point. I don't know if you bring these back guys back, even if they can go at this point. Brennan, what do you say to the Nuggets fans who are really upset about kind of this team wanting to lose? to get that fourth seed, but people are upset that they didn't watch their Nuggets like go out there sure. and show energy, especially after seeing the Avs perform. I feel like it's just been different, and a lot of fans are upset. We've noticed that in our post-game show comment section. People want these guys to try hard and see that, um, and we haven't seen that at all. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I admire this about fans, this is fandom at its best. I mean, they operate in emotional vacuums. You sat down to watch the game today. You would like to see your favorite team play hard and win. I will never uh, knock that. And to their point, last season we actually did see Malone throw a game. Just I almost fell up. down the steps, so that's okay. <laughs> Careful. I need you to host the show. Um, but we have seen Malone throw a game, so he's, this is not beneath him. All that said, look, the Nuggets came into tra- to Disney World. Jokic was late, right? Gary Harris was late. Now, Gary Harris still hasn't gone. Well, Barton got hurt. Jamal Murray tweaked a hamstring in practice on 4-on-4. So before any of these games started, Malone told us straight up, 
I do not care about winning these games. I will not push the starting lineup too hard to move up in seeding. So semantics maybe I would push back and say, look, they didn't throw these games. They just weren't yeah. gonna they weren't gonna get Jokic hurt trying mm-hmm. to win them. And and that's okay. And I just think, yeah, it would have been nice to see the starters giving it all they have, but they couldn't. And the next best thing was, okay, Bull Bull's great. Turns out the young the young core is a younger core. Um, MPJ, he's is he ready to go right now? Turns out he might be a star right now. So to me, lean on those things. Those are far more important takeaways from eight seeding bubble games than, oh wow, did they beat the Clippers today? Because um, frankly, it just didn't matter. And I and I get that that's frustrating as a fan, but it's also the truth. Ryan, before we started, <laughs> someone asked, "Jesus Christ, is Ali in a dungeon?" No, I'm outside. That I'm trying to Opposite avoid the sun. He was literally making me orange. <laughs> um, I'm not in a dungeon. Thank you for carrying, though. No one has done anything to me. He says, what the hell have you four done mm-hmm. to her? Um, Ryan, before we started the show, um, you read comments that someone made about Bull Bull. What were those again? Yeah, Paul Millsap said that Bull Bull ha- uh, proved that he can be a superstar in the NBA. Yeah, and that's an awesome quote. I mean, think about who is saying that. It's yeah. Paul Millsap, not a guy known for electrifying quotes or hyperbole. <laughs> um, and more to the point, like a, like a four, 13, 14-year veteran in the NBA. So he's seen a lot. Um, and, you know, MPJ talks a lot. Like, they heard a lot about how good this guy was going to be before he got on the court. Paul Millsap was very quick to push back and rib him and, and let him know he hadn't done much yet. Now he's seen him play, and now he knows. So that's Barton. And that's Will Barton, too, now. Mm -hmm. This is, by the way, someone who might lose his starting spot to MPJ, who's come out and said, we got to let this kid be him um, because he's special. And the last time Barton told us that about a player, tried to tell us not to sleep, it was Nikola Jokic. So take that that how you will. Who did you guys have as your king of the game today, Vote? PJ Dozier, who has shown a good amount, um, uh, an encouraging amount of play in the these seeding games. I mean, he's got a, a quicker trigger finger, I think, than a lot of people would. Like, he's a backup guard, and he's definitely not a Monte Morris. You know, four assists, zero turnovers. PJ will shoot if he's open, and that's welcome in this seeding game environment. In the playoffs, maybe you'd like to see him be a little more um, prudent with that shot selection. But nonetheless, what you've seen now is a guy who fits into the long boy identity. Is my dog going off there? Sorry. Um, he's he's <laughs> tall. He can play defense, and if he can shoot. Um, which is a big if, but we've seen it so far, then we're looking at a real player and not just a bench piece. Aww, this is, this is an episode pup. of the background right. noise. <laughs> Dog's just a big P- PJ Dozier fan. Yeah, she's a huge Dozier fan. <laughs> she's real hyped on her. I'll meet myself. Yeah, I think uh, this the bubble is all about Michael Malone, a.k.a. the puppet master. Uh, once again, he drew the matchup that he wanted to. I mean... This is two years in a row that the Nuggets, you know, down the stretch, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm not making any accusations here, but through games to make sure that they got who they wanted in the first round of the playoffs. And last year, it almost didn't work, but it worked. Mm -hmm. They made it to the second round. And in fact, they got the matchup they wanted in the second round, too. That one, you know, they were just uh, a couple three-pointers in game seven away from that paying off, too, but I'm, 
I think it's amazing that two times in a row now, uh, Michael Malone has been able to make this work and set it up to where the Nuggets are now playing a team that they did not lose to in the regular season this year. And he did it all in a way that, like, we're able to talk about, wow, Bo Bowl and the younger core. Wow, MPJ. Mm-hmm. So he cultivated and built excitement. Um, but, yeah, like, to be clear, while I, I'm not saying he necessarily threw any of those games, he was perfectly comfortable losing them uh, yes. to yeah. his point. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's effective. I, You know, I don't love all the talk about avoiding the seven-seed Dallas Mavericks. I know it's one of the best offenses in basketball. Denver's decent defense at the moment is porous at best. But at the end of the day, I think going forward, I would just like to see the Nuggets consider themselves a perennial home court team, a top three team out west, and a team that, look, it, if you can manipulate your seating, fine, but I don't care if it's Dallas, Utah, OKC, Denver and five. That should be their attitude, in my opinion. Yeah, I get, I get that, but I also think like, on top of getting the the team that they wanted, Michael Malone actually increased the morale of the team. Like the Nuggets now believe they can beat the Lakers because they were before he just pulled everyone, and then they almost yeah. beat them without him. And they now believe that they can beat the Clippers because they were beating them or playing stride for stride with them until they they decided they were ready to lose that one. So like, it's not as if he. Uh, hurt the team morale by being like i don't really want you guys to play the mavericks he played it in a way where he's like not only are we getting the team we want but we can beat the teams that we're going to get next it's a great point um so when i do grades tonight i won't talk about this game because who cares i'll probably just hand out bubble grades and i'm going to give one to malone which i don't always do it's an a plus it's i think he nailed this i I think you made a good point there okay Drew, AJ, you guys have been a bit quiet. Do you guys have any takes on the Nuggets before we move on? I'm I'm just thrilled that this stupid regular season nonsense is over and we can get to the basketball <laughs> that the bubble was set up to play. Yeah, yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready for the real stuff. But I do think it's really interesting that this debate is happening with the Nuggets right now. Like, Greg Popovich did this for years and was, like, lauded as a genius for it and, and just sitting guys and purposefully losing games and manipulating his seating and it's just a smart thing to do and and like boat's been saying you don't have to there's a bad way to do it and bury guys and make them feel like you are trying to lose on purpose and there's a way to do it that's much more about hey we're going to give experience to all these young guys let the cards fall where they may uh this this is also just not something people worry about in baseball because there's literally a rule built in to do this in september they're like you want to increase your roster but up to 40 people actually they've they've gotten rid of that rule now but for years it's like just bring up a bunch of triple a dudes whoever you think's gonna play next year and throw them out there sometimes in really important games and let sam hilliard mess up the milwaukee brewers chance to win the division (laughs) just just to do it right and it's like it's just something that happens uh and that by the way was another series where the brewers lost the last game of the season on purpose because it meant nothing and they had to fly back to washington to play and they were already exhausted by the rockies and because they didn't lose on purpose earlier you can argue that may have impacted their ability that the washington nationals might not have won the world series last year if not for uh Mm. you know this kind of the, the Rockies weren't playing their A squad in those games. They were playing for next season, and it's a different version of this, but still the same idea, man. You, you've got to do the smart thing for your team at the right time, and vote's right. Like, I, I don't want to get down on fans that are like, we wanted to win today. You, you always want to win today, but that's 
that's why I try to take so much pleasure in all the little things in the game and watching the young guy take the strides forward and seeing those improvements and envisioning how they're going to fit with the team as they move forward. And, and you figure here with the Nuggets now, they've got an opportunity to put what they've learned here together with what they know they have and do something special. We've got someone in the comments saying, did the Avs care who they played in the first round? And I think hockey is just very different. The play hockey playoffs is just very different than NBA playoffs when it comes to seeding and, and that type of thing. I mean, you care about matchups. It's the same, it's the same concern. You don't, you don't want to run into the exact wrong matchup for you, but uh, out West this year, there isn't a wrong matchup for Colorado. They're better than all of these teams. So it just doesn't matter to them. And it's a little different in the sense that like with the Nuggets, the fear is Luca and the Mavericks shooting right. the three point ball. So well, it's a little different in hockey in the sense that you're not going to be so scared of one guy. Like yeah. in ba- basketball is the number one sport where one guy can really change a series. Um, maybe even a couple guys. Like you, you know, you look back at the the Nuggets matchup with the Golden State Warriors that that year when they won sixty whatever games. Um, it, it was that that was the wrong matchup. They couldn't defend the three point line, and you know it was the almost the birth of the Splash Bros where you had Clay and Steph just raining threes down. Like, you could have had a similar scenario. You probably should be so confident that it doesn't matter. But it, in my opinion, it matters a little bit more uh, in in basketball. And also, to be completely honest, from my position, the Avs are also a little bit better than the Nuggets. You know, they were playing for a one or two seed. And when you're that high, you really shouldn't care. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think certainly um, outside of outside of a goaltender – uh, and and a Connor McDavid level of player, like teams teams are looking at Colorado like, dear God, please no. We would rather we would rather take our chances with Vegas and their guys than mess with Nathan McKinnon. Like yeah. when you have that guy, you're the team everybody's afraid of. Um, as I think as the Nuggets further establish themselves this year, next year, especially as MPJ continues his rise, they become that team. That somebody, somebody's trying to game their way uh, around, and they may not be there right now. They might still be getting cute with this, but that's fine. Like you're trying to, you're trying to win playoff rounds. You're trying to win a championship. You're trying to increase your chances of getting through rounds. You can't, you can't be so arrogant as to just be like, oh, I don't care about any of these matchups ever at any point. You know, that's 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 just not realistic. And with Malone, to RK's point, not just with the results, but also process. Like, if you know this guy, is the concern that he doesn't have a winning mentality or isn't interested in cultivating that? Of course not. Of course not. Right. All right. Well, the Rockies, Drew, let's move on to you. They haven't been doing as well since the last time we spoke. Haven't been bad, but they have lost a few more games than before. Yeah. What, have you, what did you think of the Diamondback series? Well, that was a weird-ass series, wasn't it? Uh, look, that's going to happen sometimes. It's going to happen at Coors Field. Um, it, was, it, it was a unique combination of things. Some of it was that the Rockies pitching faltered at the exact wrong times. Some of it was uh, that the Diamondbacks brought a really good contact approach into Coors Field, and they've got a lot of guys who both have just hit well at Coors Field in their history and hit well against Rockies pitching and just are are good hitters, especially they're kind of top five guys. And they also got a lot 
of pure dumb luck. That's something we're getting better and better at being able to measure in the game of baseball. And we can take a look at like exit velocity off the bat. And they had just an extraordinary number of hits that drove in runs that were less than 85 miles an hour off the bat, <laughs> which is just weak as hell. Um, the, the one that drove John Gray from his game, from his nightmare of an outing that was a blooper into center field was at 66 miles an hour off the bat. So, <laughs> Like the very definition of weak contact. Yeah. Um, they really weren't out there hammering the ball into the gaps and knocking it over the wall. And so that suggests a couple of things. One, that should balance out a little bit. And two, that the Rockies have a, a small adjustment to make from a pitching standpoint. They need to miss a few more bats uh, maybe take a look at how they're playing their outfield defense in particular. But it shows you that this losing stretch isn't something you want to be super concerned over. Uh, all of these games came down to, you know, an inning that went the wrong way entirely, and it can happen. But uh, when it's one guy in the bullpen totally imploding, uh, that's a problem you can work around pretty easily in baseball by having that guy work through his issues and just not putting him out there in the meantime. Uh, so I'm not concerned uh, about this little stretch. The Rockies are still at first place in the NL West. The starting pitching has remained good through this with the exception of the blip uh, of John Gray. And again, there was a lot of bad luck in there. And so, uh, and Nolan Arenado's gotten hot. Ryan Maltapia has come out of his slump. Maybe Ryan McMahon starting to come out of his. We'll see. I know David Dahl will come out of his. I am certain of that. And so I, I, there's just a lot of uh, untapped potentials. There's like AJ said something really interesting earlier about how you can't play your best game every time out. And the Rockies haven't played their best game yet. And a couple of these ones that they lost were, I think, among the worst you're going to see them play throughout the season, especially that finale against the, the Diamondbacks that just totally got away from them where the Arizona scored eight runs in the eighth inning. Like, that's, that's not going to happen again. And because of that, I think there's just so much more in the column of, like, if you're looking at problems that need to be solved, there's some stuff in that column. But if you're looking at good things that are still untapped, that are left out there to happen for the Colorado Rockies, there's a long list of stuff in that column. So I think they're going to be okay. We got to talk about... <laughs> we got to talk about... Love this kid. <laughs> uh, that video is literally never gets old it's just the cutest thing in the world but he's right charlie blackman has been phenomenal yeah yeah he is on a ridiculous stretch uh you're talking barry bonds numbers but there's an interesting asterisk that can come with barry bonds numbers i prefer to think we're really talking stan musual numbers to nice. start a season we've Hell never yeah. seen anything like this since Stan the man. He's hitting 472 through 18 <laughs> games. That's absolutely insane. Slugging 681. So he leads the league in batting average on base and RBI with 20 with hits and 34 
Uh, absolutely ridiculous. Went on a stretch there where he had six straight games with more than one hit. Like, the guy's been absolutely unreal, and this all comes after he didn't have a full summer camp. Uh, he really only had five games. After, remember, testing positive for COVID-19, uh, the guy's taking care of his body in an incredible way. He's crushing left-handed pitching. He's hitting at home. He's hitting on the road. There's no way to, to parse it out and be and, and well, actually, this thing. Right now, Charlie Blackman is clearly and easily the runaway first-place power-ranking member for the National League MVP. And People are making ha- some money. Up. Yep, there we go. <laughs> People are making some money off of Charlie Blackman right now and his hit, just hitting. Yeah, well, he's the favorite right now on DraftKings Sportsbook to win NL MVP at plus 600. And they also just put something up today. I'm curious your thoughts on this, Drew. Uh, Charlie Blackman plus 400 to hit over 400 this season. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's, really, it's really not outside the realm of possibility. I think I saw something before he went over in the last game that he had to hit about 360 the rest of the way to do that. And, like, that just doesn't sound like the most insane thing to have happen. Like, it would feel rightly like he's cooled off if he hits 360 the rest of the way. But that would still leave him at. So, I, I don't know that, I mean, it's, uh, I wouldn't go all in on this thing, but. <laughs> Those odds aren't quite friendly enough, I think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there there's so much working in his favor. This next stretch is going to be really telling because the Rockies don't have another off day now until like early September. It's it's going to be a minute. Um, you, you know, he did go over, like I said. If he goes into a little bit of a slump, that totally destroys you. And guys typically do. And and so I, you know, I'd be scared of it, but I don't think it's impossible. He's locked in. He knows what he's doing out there. Uh, guys also aren't throwing as deep into games. Remember, not everyone is playing. More people have opted out. He also only has to see the pitchers from the West. He's not going to randomly walk into a Jacob deGrom game. And that, you know, that kind of stuff takes down your, your batting average and your numbers in years. And he's talking about this all the time. Uh, I remember DJ LeMahieu telling Patrick Lyons and I one time that he would rather face Clayton Kershaw than like a random... Uh, just rookie for the Cincinnati Reds that they've never seen before because they wow. they go up against Clayton Kershaw two or three times a year. And by now they know what he's got. And if he's going to beat them, he's going to beat them. But he's not going to surprise them. And they hate that. You know what I mean? And so Charlie is only going to have to hit against the NL West and the AL West for the entire year. And I think that's also to his advantage, the fact that he can DH and take those days off in the field is to his advantage. So, yeah, throw a little, throw, throw, throw a, little a small, sprinkle, you know, yeah, sprinkle on there. Go for it. I might throw can a little dra- down on there. Can I address this? I just want to address this comment. I'm sorry. Yeah. I like how the Nuggets suck, which bumps them all the way up to the confidence of Jazz in seven. I know. That's I thought to that too. I, I, I just I, want to say that I, tells you all you need to know. I was just I, I I'm so glad you said that because I had the exact same thought is you can judge uh, where a series is based on how many games 
the team's own fans believe they can win the series. The Nuggets are terrible. The Jazz might win in seven. <laughs> it's not convincing. Sorry. We don't like you for your, for your Nuggets take, hilarious. but we do like you for your Avs takes. Yeah, welcome to the Long time Avs guy. It's okay yeah. you're a Jazz fan. I'm sorry. It's okay. They put the uh, the jazz in those Rockies commercials, which <laughs> so ask them so about Garrett Bowles next. Let's get yeah, real right. weird. No. Yeah. Yeah. How about Devonte Booker? Yeah. With that, if you like free things, you should check out Green Mountain Dental Group because they are going to offer you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, X-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group. Besides the free electrical tooth, electrical electric toothbrush, Green Mountain Dental Group is family-owned and one of the best dentists in Colorado. Our sales director Lindsay got her wisdom teeth removed from there, and she said it was one of the best dentist experiences she's ever had. Plus, they're all diehard Denver sports fans, and supporting them really helps supports us. Um, so don't forget to schedule a cleaning, X-ray, and exam at Green. Mountain Dental Group and receive a free Sonicare toothbrush today. Not all of us are as good at transitioning as Rudo is. That's what you're used to, AJ. So I know I apologize. I can't turn a random conversation into balls and manscaped. Yeah, that's really that's that's (laughs) what he does. That's he's not so great at transitions as he is at uh, trying to turn conversations into ones about balls. Yeah. It's it's just always people just now associate Rudo with Manscaped, and I think Manscaped should should hook him up a little more because I was gonna say there are worse things for your brand. <laughs> I gotta I gotta work on that a little bit. Oh God! All right. Well, the last topic of the day is Broncos. What? What? Broncos no training camp. I didn't even know this was happening today. Yeah, they Most really didn't, didn't do a good job. Like letting the world know that Broncos training camp did start today at 8 a.m. We had Mace out there at Dove Valley. RK, what were a few things Mace told you that you love to hear? What's that's what's the number one thing that stood out to Mace that got you so hyped? Well, come on. Uh, you know, we've known this was coming for a while. I've been telling people this since the second that he became a Bronco. But uh, Jerry Judy shined very bright at the very first Broncos training camp practice today. And that should not shock anyone. Um, But what may come as a little bit of a a shock is uh, vote. All of the things that you said about Paul Millsap uh, and and his quotes are true of Kareem Jackson. He's a, he's a wily veteran. Uh, He's over 30 years old. He's been in the league for a long, long time. He doesn't often give you a spicy quote. And after practice today, Kareem Jackson said, quote, Jerry Judy gets in and out of his breaks better than anyone I've ever seen. No, not any rookie he's ever seen. Uh, not anyone he's seen recently. In in 10 years in the league, he's never seen someone get in and out of his breaks as good as Jerry Judy. And by the way, he played with a guy over in uh, Houston by the name of DeAndre Hopkins. You may have heard of him. So, you know, I like I'm so happy this happened because I've been trying to say this for so long. And and people just don't believe it about a rookie, but the truth is. Jerry Judy walks into the NFL as a top 10 route runner at worst, in my opinion. So I'm so glad that these players can finally, you know, see this firsthand and speak on it because it's truly otherworldly what Jerry Judy can do with his feet. Uh, And so it's awesome to see that uh, Jerry Judy was out there balling today. I will say the one problem I have with it is that a lot of his work was against the second team. 
And I just don't know what the Broncos are doing, wasting Jerry Judy reps on second team. Like, it's first wow. of all, it's not fair to them to have to be uh, <laughs> first, second team guys to have to cover Jerry Judy. Uh, but it's also just a waste. Like, they football teams do this every year where they sell, like, uh, this rookie's got to earn his spot. It's like, no, man, He's a, you drafted him in the first round. He is your number two wide receiver across from Cortland Sutton. Don't kid yourselves. Don't make don't make him play with the second team. Like, let that man go do his job. And Mace mentioned earlier today on our Broncos uh, show that Drew Locke threw an interception, and it was because he was eyeing Cortland Sutton down. And he's no one else to really throw to. So <laughs> that's why you put Jerry Judy up there in the first team reps. It's very weird to have him down in that second one besides just it being just ritual. Yeah, exactly. It's ritual. I mean, and, and I'm sure Drew Locke could have thrown to, like, I don't know, Noah Fant or uh, Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay out of the backfield. But the point does stand. Like, there's no reason for Jerry Judy to be running with the twos. Those teams are so stupid, dude. <laughs> they, this is the stuff that they do. Like, it was such, it was so refreshing when Kale McCarr left college and then they just dropped him in and they were like, here, yeah, go man. play 20 minutes. Yeah. And it was like, like, how many, how frustrating was it with MPJ this year where it was like, just gonna say. this guy is so obviously better than Tory <laughs> Craig. Can we stop with this, please? For the love of all that is holy, can this stop? And it's just, it's so, it's so obnoxious to watch sports teams across all spectrums do this, where you're just like, really? You're going to, you're going to like make him like earn it. Did he not earn it when he, when you used the 15th pick on him? Like you could have, you could have used it on any of those other guys that went after that. You used it on him. He earned it. Just give him the damn job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be his in four days anyway. Why are <laughs> we wasting this time? I know. And like, you've literally got. Kareem Jackson saying he gets in and out of his breaks better than anyone else he's ever seen in his life. And the Broncos is like, yeah, yeah. He's a fourth receiver right now. But maybe <laughs> later he can be the number two. Uh, the worst one was last year with the Broncos and their quarterbacks. They've got, they, they had Kevin Hogan as the second string quarterback for like weeks. It wasn't just a couple of days. They were like, yeah, Drew Locke's really got to earn this. It's like, come on, guy. Like, Drew Locke it might as well be the starter. Not a, let alone the third string quarterback. It's uh, it is a weird thing, and I feel like football is the most guilty of it. Yeah. There are, I, I tell you, there are some uh, like the abs with Martin Kout this year. Like he rolls in, he scores a couple of goals, and they're like, "Oh, we're so obsessed with his contract situation that the abs are going on a Stanley Cup run." That dude is in Czech Republic right now, and it's like you couldn't have just <laughs> brought him. Right. <laughs> just in case you had an injury and you guys are trying to win a like right. you guys are just going to get in like you're going to get in front of you're going to get in your own way constantly to do this you know the abs had two forward injuries today we're going to see one of these ahl dudes instead of a shane bowers or even a logan o'connor we're going to see tj tynan for the 19th time and it's like oh god like why uh, why do they do this? <laughs> why do why do oh, coaches back, and like general managers they always do this stuff? It's so stupid. AJ's on a roll. Uh, oh my god! I just came into AJ like grunting. <laughs> it was like first thing I heard in my headphones. I was like, "Is there a glitch? Is something happening?" <laughs> Drew Sorry. Baseball has a pretty bad one too, where they do the like team control. Like, oh, we get, we can't play this guy for the first fifteen games. Oh, yeah, it's... they'll, like, leave him in AAA and stuff. Yeah, baseball might be 
the worst about it, but it's also the most justifiable because like it really does take like a couple hundred at bats before you know anything about anybody, which sounds ridiculous, but it's true. That's very rare, very rare in baseball that somebody just bursts on the scene. You're like, that kid's a star. He's going to be awesome. He's going to continue to be awesome. Just doesn't really work that way. And then when they have that great season, like Trevor Story did in 2016, right? And then in 2017, Trevor Story was terrible, at least for the first two-thirds of the season. And so, like, but, yeah, they'll, they'll hold guys back. Like, uh, who would, oh, Chris Bryant mm-hmm. is, is, like, suing the Cubs over this exact thing because they held him back. Uh, for the first month, and everybody knew he was good enough to play in the big leagues, but you leave him in AAA because you gain an extra year of control at the end of the contract. The Rockies actually didn't do that with Trevor Story, and you know, in hindsight, it cost them a lot of money. Yeah, it's going to cost them a lot of money, or that they're going to lose him a year earlier than they would have if they had played how the Cubs did with Chris Bryant. And when you look back on 2016, where the Rockies finished several games under 500 not awful but they were not competitive they they could have left trevor story out for a month they didn't need him doing all that stuff at the time so it's you know yeah it's more justifiable in baseball but that's because they built in dumb rules and because the game is just fundamentally built for people to go into slumps and stuff but <laughs> well and like the owners are like are they're they're so accustomed to their cheap labor and their like right. ridiculous exploitation of players yep. that they're just like, ah, service time manipulation. Yeah. Why not? It's the, it's the last frontier of exploiting our players. Right. It's like we're in a league where the reserve clause used to exist, where people were like literally treated like property for so long. It's like, yeah, they, they kind of get away with that. And that they've got an army of minor leaguers. That's one of the things that's really interesting about the shifting, mm-hmm. like minor league system, right? And that may be one of the pluses. I'm very disappointed about a lot of these teams going away. But one of the pluses of it may be that the owners don't have the ability to just be like, nah, well, I've got 50 dudes just hanging out in the minors. So if you slightly underperform or if you're playing okay and I just don't want to pay you, I can get rid of you once you start to get expensive and just bring up some other dude. But, yeah, they're, they're pretty bad about that stuff unless you're Felix Hernandez or Andrew Jones or somebody like that. And then they just have to. Ray, what's the rest of the Bronco schedule this week? They play Sunday. They practice Sunday, and then all of next week. Yeah, just about. Uh, so you know, this, this was kind of like the soft opening. Sunday, they'll get a little more into it. Monday, you'll start to really, you know, see a real training camp practice out there. Um, and and it is weird how this is happening. Like usually, the, there's one thing that Broncos training camp is competing with, and it's and it's baseball uh, and the MLB. Like, for for example, like, the first episode of Hard Knocks came out the other night. I'm a huge Hard Knocks guy. I didn't even know what was going on. Uh, I didn't watch, and I and I don't know if, even know if I plan on watching anytime soon. It didn't get great reviews, so it's like, this is crazy, uh, and it's kind of refreshing today. Like, it, it's a little silly how big of a deal the first training camp practice normally is, and, like, today it, pl- it played fourth fiddle behind a meaningless – Nuggets game. Uh, for, for the audience listen, or listening, AJ just won't stop nodding his head. He's agreeing <laughs> with it all. So uh, it, it's nice. I mean, too much is made of like thing like something would have happened today in training camp that would have been like a lead story, uh, and it would have been silly. 
Uh, instead, the lead story is that the Avs are, you know, getting ready, you know, uh, preparing the brooms. Maybe not quite yet, but, you know, they're making sure the closet is within reach. So uh, I like it. You know, I, everyone knows I'm an all sports fan. Uh, and so I'm not, you know, like football guy trying to fight for the for the goodwill of training camp. Like training camp is it's practice. Uh, and so it doesn't, it's just practice. it doesn't necessarily deserve front page of the news headlines. We're talking about talking practice. About practice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. AJ. We've got actual sports going on and not just practicing. And it's, it's so nice. <laughs> August, August has never been cooler. This is yeah. the coolest August ever. Yeah. yeah it's the hot mm-hmm. goalie summer. Hot goalie summer. With that, we'll finish with the Avs play the second half of back-to-back tomorrow at 1 p.m. I believe there is a watch party at the DMVR bar later that night. The Rockies are playing, and then Sunday as well, the Rockies are playing. So definitely check out the Every DMVR like bar. Yeah, the Rockies don't have an off day. So yeah. you want sports? Yeah, this Thursday was like the first day in the re- for the rest of the ta- the Only rest of the playoffs long. that. There is going to be that there was an off day for all Everybody teams. Am. People didn't know what to do with themselves. But all right. Video, that's what video games are for. Come on. Golf. <laughs> Golf. I quickly want to give a shout out to Ruth in Wyoming who left us an awesome five star review on iTunes for the Denver Sports Podcast. Definitely go leave us ratings, that's comments, true. all of that. And I'll read your comment on here if you give us a, a five star. So nice uh, bribery. Check- nice bribery. You know, check out thednvr.com. Go to the bar. Get some merch. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.